Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Darla Gutnick. And Darla Ducknick is a psychologist gone rogue who quit her PhD journey and ended up founding Bunch, B-U-N-C-H, which helps people become better leaders in two minutes a day. That is amazing. Can you tell us more about this two minutes a day? Yeah, totally. It's actually um, helping leaders and wannabe leaders at work kind of move from anxious to confident, let's say. So it helps you to turn these triggering moments that we all run into at work almost on a daily basis, like those messages in email or Slack inboxes sometimes that put us off a little and structure your response in a way that actually helps you kind of, instead of it being a problem, kind of helps you identify an opportunity for growth in that moment. So like by how you structure your response to these triggering moments at work in particular, you kind of decide who you are, how you want to show up, what trust people bring towards you, which opportunities you'll get in the future. The two minutes a day thing is interesting because what we noticed when we started talking to professionals all around is that we all are familiar with these triggering situations, but like we don't have any time to actually go and do those trainings and read all those books. And everyone has lists and lists of useful content and useful information on the topic. And we all have ambitions around like the habits we want to build and all this like new information we want to consume. But in reality, the majority of us never gets to do 90% of that. If anyone's lucky, they actually get to follow through on like 1% to 5% of their, let's say, mind to-do lists on what the things that they should be doing or they should be reading. And the idea behind Two Minutes a Day is that we want to make it as easy as possible for everyone out there to fit learning and these reflection moments at work into their day-to-day. So the idea is that you don't need to change so much where, you know, You don't need to make a whole hour of learning and reading time every morning or whatever, as long as you keep spending very small amounts of time in your breaks with your morning coffee, like breaks that you already have in your routine, and you fuse them with insights and ideas from experts, coaches, people that have been in the trenches for a long time that help you reframe challenging situations into like opportunities and help you respond in a more productive way at work. Oh, that's cool. That is pretty cool. I like this. I like this topic. I like what you're doing because without this type of information, without this type of innovations, people will continue to struggle. And, you know, that was a really good point that you mentioned that some people might just not have the time to mm. do certain things and they everyone has two minutes a day yeah. to get this going, right? And basically, it's like an ongoing tidbit of information that helps them start reprogramming their subconscious mind to look at the things differently to instead of looking exactly. at 
things as a problem like I used to, but to looking at everything like, oh, there's a, there's good in this. It's yeah. hidden. It's hidden, exactly. right? But there's, there's good in this. And yeah, yeah. What can I take away from it in the end? Like, yeah, I think we... there's something out of this, right? Exactly. I think we all struggle with this ongoingly. So I don't even necessarily believe that any app framework approach can help you to not be triggered anymore. It's more that you can use it as a signal for, oh, now I have the opportunity to reframe. Now I have the opportunity to see this differently, to approach it differently, to come out stronger versus giving into that like first emotional reaction that you experience when these things happen. Reactive right? so, nature. Exactly. It actually helps you to untrain that reactive nature most of us have. And every time a trigger happens, kind of point up a, put up a pointing nudge. So to say, oh, this is an opportunity. This is normal. This happens all the time. This is human. Everyone goes for this. That's why there is an app for it. And there's thousands of users. I'm not alone. And now I just need to find the right framework or like the right response template response mm. structure to turn this into something good. But would you agree that many thought leaders talk about this, you know, that as you do one thing, you do everything, right? If an individual doesn't have time to work on their mindset on a daily basis, mm -hmm. because, you know, they give in to the subconscious voices, those voices that we hear in our head that always have something to say, right? They talk us out of things that we commit consciously, we commit to doing something. And then mm. those, those voices that are coming from our paradigms and our subconscious kind of tell us, so you know what, ah, it's okay. You don't have to do it today. Right. And we just feel so comfortable mm. with those voices and we go and we say, forget it today. Let's do it tomorrow. So in the mm. same sense, wouldn't you think that this would still be an issue? Do you find that still mm. an issue in your program with people not even doing the two minutes? It's so easy, yeah. so simple. They don't do that either, right? Do you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think we yeah. still, like the commitment, the time commitment helps to reduce the mm. barrier reduce, you need to jump, yeah. so to say, right? But it doesn't like make it so that it's effortless. It makes it yeah. very easy and convenient, but of course you need mm. to put a tiny bit of effort. And yes, we do see this, I think, very normal pattern of, I want to do it daily, but then I get to do it once or twice a week because on the other days, something happens, life comes in the way, I get distracted, mm -hmm. I get a phone call, my kids are around, I need to There's do something else. There's always a reason, exactly. And I think that's super normal. That's totally normal, right? Like most people that go to the gym, for instance, do that in a routine way, but they still have breaks in their routine. So if you ask someone who goes to the gym regularly, are they like entirely happy and do they go exactly the same amount of time that they wanted to go? Most people would say no. They would say, I'm trying to go five times, but currently I'm managing like three times. Or someone says, I want to go regularly, but right now I only go on the weekend. So there's always this like mismatch between the identity setting, like I want to be an athlete, so I want to work out regularly, or I want to be a learner, so I want to actually read regularly, and the actual reality. And I think that's the case for just any type of behavior. So when we look into health behaviors, like weight loss type of programs, or sports, or in this case, learning, it's a very similar patterns all around. But I think what's really interesting a very interesting learning that we made was that 
by offering this very lightweight way of engaging with these type of contents, we did increase, I think, the average interaction frequency. So normally, I think when you ask someone who manages a team or someone who is trying to progress in their career, improve their people skills, improve their impact in their team, they get to do learning maybe once a week at best, sometimes even less frequent. Our users on average throughout the whole user base are using the app two and a half times a week. So there's also people that actually get to do it daily. There's people that get, get to come back twice a week. There are people that only come back every once in, in two weeks. But overall, the frequency is much higher than what they normally would do. So I think that's how I would kind of measure our impact is mm. how much time and how often did people typically spend um, thinking yeah. about how they show up at work versus how often do they do it with bunch. Yeah. And I find that it is easier on people when you pro provide them a, a low barrier of entry, like you give them some platform like you have, right? With two minutes a day, it's not overwhelming in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Just hoping that from that is a launching pad because when they're investing and they're spending their time for two minutes a day, exactly, they're starting to shift habits because I might, I may have to kind of challenge that one point you mentioned about normal. What mm. do we, what do we, what is normal, right? Normal to me is when we end up following the masses and we actually understand it as we can't control it. We mm. got to make a deal with ourselves, right? If something comes up, we would say life happens like that. Mm. Word we just mentioned life happens. I find it like it kind of, uh, it's also a habit. Like it's also mm. a subconscious paradigm because there are people that shift mm. that and make that a non-negotiable. So what that means is once they make a committed decision, they're going to do something. It has to be quite severe before they will miss a day even, you know what I mean? So that mm. proves to me, and you're a professional in this as well, you could probably help us understand this, that when someone that can get to a place where their commitments are not compromised, mm. they make a committed decision and it's uncompromised, right? They just do it. And then people that are making deals on a consistent basis. Mm. agree that those are like habits, I'm not sure, to be honest, because I think there is more complexity to the decision when you actually decide to live up to a commitment you made to yourself mm -hmm. versus a commitment mm -hmm. that you made to someone else. But I meant with life happens or what I think at least I have in the back of my mind when I think about it, most people don't compromise these commitments only because they are like, oh, it's cold outside and I don't want to go for a run or I'm lazy today or I don't feel good. A lot of people make compromises based on commitments they make to others, which I think is a more complex question to answer. If your kid doesn't feel okay and it happens when in a slot of your morning where you typically commit yourself to a sports routine, yeah. what gives? Is it that you start work later? Is it that the kid should like figure himself or herself or themselves out or... Yeah. Right? Like it's what will be compromised because time is mm. limited, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe fortunately, I don't know. But I think yeah. it's sometimes, so I can imagine there is cases where people are not living up to their commitments without actually huge conflicts 
in in needs or in what they need to pay attention to. But oftentimes I can imagine that it is actually a conflict between different identities, like being a good parent and being an athlete, being someone who takes care of themselves and wants to progress, but at the same time being there for your family or being there for, I don't know, another commitment that you made in your community or so on. So I think these conflicts are trickier to resolve, in my opinion. And most people that I've coached as a coach as well have struggled with those more. So the typical, I remember a typical situation that a lot of young professionals go through when they start really focusing on getting their businesses off the ground, getting their career off the ground. Everything is focused on their habits around learning, performing. Mm. Sports is a means to staying performance. And mm. you kind of try to become this like really great professional and really excel in your field. And then people fall in love or they build partnerships. And then there is all this mess around, oh, but how does the other person structure their mornings? How do I unite this? Like, how does mm. the integration of all of this look like? And that is where I learn most people drop, so to say, like healthy habits or habits that they build up for themselves in isolation, don't withstand the interaction with other humans and like other goals and priorities they build into their lives. So I actually consider those problems trickier to solve, but also I think more frequent than the like usual, oh, I'm too lazy. That also happens. But I think when you look at the bigger picture, I would say that this conflict of identities, all these different good people I want to be, mm. and all the habit sets that come yeah. with these identities, how to actually integrate it like meaningfully, I think that takes years to figure out for most people. Yeah, like for me, the reason why I was mentioning that is because I considered, now that I look back, I consider mm. myself a professional procrastinator. Like, I was, oh yeah, I was, sounds, I was just, I'm curious yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. Like I was just a regular thing. It didn't matter. Mm. I would love, absolutely love making those deals with myself. And mm. I'm a, I consider myself very honest and I see people all around me. They're overall very honest. They're honest with each other. They want to tell the truth. They want to keep their mm. commitments. Everybody feels they want to do good for others. Right. Mm. But when it comes to themselves, they're those deals, they're not being honest. And then they don't even realize I never even realized that I was doing anything wrong. Like I, mm. I would say I'm keeping my word with others. I'm keeping my, you know what I mean? I'm doing good. This is what my parents taught me. I'm doing well. Yeah. When it came to myself, it was not a problem to go back on my word. It was never mm. a problem to lie to myself. It was never a problem for me to compromise on my commitments. It was just Interesting. there, the easy, easiest way out. If I didn't want to do something, I would have those conversations, boom, boom. And, out and then you would the argue yourself day, out. The next day. Yeah, so I would like some reminders coming back after months. Mm. And what mm. I found is what, what my mentor told me that all of those attributes, everything can be changed. Like you mentioned with effort, mm. with using your will in the beginning. It can be mm. changed. You can reprogram the part that actually controls your automatic behavior. So when you reprogram that, you become that self-image. When you become that mm. self-image, you only look at yourself like that. So for me, from experience, I can see myself from that time. And then now I mm -hmm. know that is, it, it, it can be done. But now mm. beautiful part about your program I like that I, so far that I'm enjoying is the, mm. the two minutes a day. Because what I see with people to take such a big step to mm -hmm. help themselves improve to like, for example, sign up for a program or mm -hmm. do something long term 
it's it takes a bigger decision, especially for yeah. someone who's not used to making decisions. Majority of people cannot make decisions, right? So it's very difficult. So when you give them this kind of decision, you're actually getting in to help people much easier. The threshold is mm -hmm. lower. Mm -hmm. It impacts someone's life more easily. For mm -hmm. example, someone like me might impact one out of, say, 100 right? You would impact 60 out of hundred, for example, the entry, the barrier to entry is lower. And that's mm -hmm. what I like about that. If they get those things every day, that's going to open them up to start seeing the world differently as they progress and they can change their life, their family's life, right? It's so beautiful okay. what you guys are doing. Yeah. Exactly. I think this is for my co-founder, Anthony and myself, this has been kind of the most important part about it all. We always thought about how awesome it would be to give people the support of coaching and all the theories and frameworks we've learned as social scientists over time. And I think we, we both felt like there is a very big divide between the normal, like average, normal is, I should stop using this word, the average professional. So like the majority of us at work, and then yeah. all this like very scientific type of frameworks that have so much merit and the like what we just talked about right like how do you build habits and then it starts with identity yeah. building and so on yeah. this is knowledge that has been built up in social sciences for the past i don't know tens of years i think probably not quite hundred years but more or less maybe the last six years or so and it's really kind of inaccessible for the average person at work they're showing up doing their thing yeah. Signing on, signing off, there isn't really much space for thinking about how to do these things differently, how to do things better, how to help yourself and others better to identify their needs and actually make progress in satisfying those needs as well. And we see this all around. And I think our drive always has been, we've never seen each other or ourselves as the people that need to reinvent everything. Like we're not necessarily the scientists that go in and say, oh, mm -hmm. let's find the perfect productivity hack or yeah. like the perfect way for people to learn. It was more so we felt there is a lot of solutions already, but the biggest problem is people don't have any yeah. time or chance to get access to them. Nobody's going to yeah. read these scientific papers. Yeah. Nobody's even Googling stuff that regularly. So we, the only thing we need to do actually is to make a big impact on how people see they're learning their growth journeys at work themselves is to actually bring what's already available so mm -hmm. close to them and make it so accessible that they can actually even attempt to digest it and really yeah. build it into their day-to-day. -day. So we always were driven by this idea of building a bridge between different worlds, like the scientific world and yeah. the practitioner's world, the new manager that needs to get access to experiences of those that have been there already and have vetted a few approaches and so on. I think a lot of bunch is influenced by that idea. So I'm glad no, that resonates. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. You just kind of hold, hold someone's hand and say, hey, come with me. Let's, exactly. let's take a little walk. Let's go for a little walk. That's your program, your platform is let's go for a little walk. You know, it's, exactly. It's, There's more to your work. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, do yeah, what yeah. you're doing. Just give me a couple of minutes. Just check it out and see how it helps you, right? And they start seeing results. There's no yep. way, there's no way that someone is working on their internal world that can't get results. Like, it's, it's, the, it's the engine behind your life. And the unfortunate part is that it's really unfortunate is that everybody's trying to find the solutions out here and trying to get what they can do 
to make themselves better. But really, if they focus on that self and the mirror, using platforms like yourself, getting that tidbit, tidbit information, opening up to it, increasing your awareness slowly before you know it, you get so into it because you fall in love with it because you see start seeing the changes in you and then people around you. That is powerful. And I want to commend you for creating such a platform, such a program. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, what is what do you feel that your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life? Interesting. I think, I don't know whether it's a superpower, but I think my experience in life has been kind of leading up to it a little. So I think there is a lot of what we call like the underdog motive in what we do. I think also as a team, we're pretty much a collection of individuals that strive to do big things and want to make a big impact. But at the same time, didn't necessarily come from backgrounds where you would kind of be set up for seeing yourself as somebody who's going to make a huge difference. I mean, my parents always kind of gave me a set of values that I really cherish and I build upon. But I do think that in our family in particular, there was always this like idea or feeling like stay on the ground, be very like down to earth. And my mom is an entrepreneur. However, her business is very much a down, like down to earth business. So she is, she has a restaurant and she's also in real estate and everything is tangible. Everything, the assets like are there. You can understand why people buy things and what they pay for. While I think going into this like digital world, I always try to see how can I make that what we know is good in like the one-on-one -on -one relationship between people into something that can be really accessed by hundreds, thousands, and millions of people. So I think my theme would be that I try to just reach more people and give people access, I think. And I think it is inspired by the fact that I was born in the Soviet Union still actually in the last couple of years, like where we didn't have much at that point. <laughs> Nobody was anyone. Like it was kind of back to square zero or one or whatever. And we moved to Germany and I grew up in Germany, which is also a very down-to-earth kind of place. And I just felt the, re the difference between those people that really drastically change the world for the better and those that don't is nothing else than their belief and their commitment to doing so. I really believe that. I think there is talents and there is merit to predispositions and stuff like some people are better at dancing other people are better in singing other people are better in math when they come to world and start school but everyone can get to a point where they can use their skills to make a difference i really deeply believe that it's a matter of time and really commitment so i think the inspiration for dedicating our lives to that for both anthony and myself came from inspiring that perception in as many people as possible because we believe that if many people believe they can make a difference and they try to find something that they can commit themselves to and they intentionally target their efforts continuously over longer periods of time towards one particular purpose but one particular mission we can see much much more empowerment overall in the world and we will also see how we as humanity solve more problems faster so I think that feeling of connecting people to their purpose, not letting themselves being held back by where they came from because everyone can make a difference and that it really depends on how they show up on a daily basis and what they mm. do for it. I think those were the three kind of points that drove us Thank to that. You. 
Thank you, Darja. That was well said. The great information. We don't realize how amazing this creation is of human beings. Everything is beautiful, right, in our world, but the actual creation of human beings, incredible. We can't even wrap our head around the way everything is operating automatically, right, in the physical body, you know, how everything is connected. Like, it's such a genius, right? Like, it's just out of this world kind of a setup. And then we get born into it and we're raised into it with our environment. We don't really realize these powers that we have within. We don't realize that we can create any kind of experience that we want to genuinely believe that we can create, then we can create the keyword is belief. Like you mentioned, belief is everything. When a human believe, human being believes they could do something and nothing, it's just, it's incredible, right? You can achieve it. I think it's a quote. If you believe you're right, if you don't believe you're right, I think it was Thomas Edison. But yeah, it's, it's a, it is a superpower that we have is once we believe something, not on our conscious, also conscious, but also subconscious. It has to be part of our blood. Like we, this is me. It's already me. I know it. That makes a huge change in someone's life. And what you're doing gives them that launching pad, right? It gives them that, that handholding in the beginning that, Hey, you're not sure right now. Let's just check it out. Check it out with us. And I appreciate what you guys are doing. And I'm grateful that you came on this show to meet with us today. Definitely enjoy interviewing people that are involved with anything related to the mind. And, and that's great what you're doing. I hope to see you guys grow and make this into something much bigger than it currently is because I can see how it can change people's lives. Audience, thank you again for joining us today for another episode. Darja's bunch information will be in the show notes. Get in touch with them. Check out their site. If it just takes you guys a couple minutes a day, you know, there's no harm to invest that time when things can get better in your life. And just consider it like a, a little, like I mentioned earlier, like a little walk, right? You just check it out. See how you feel. Do it for a few days. I always recommend doing something for 30 days to really understand if you like it or how it feels to you. And you'll be surprised what happens in 30 days. So if it's good for you, do it for 30 days. If it's not good for you, if it's a bad habit, then don't do it for 30 days. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, this is something you want to check out. And Darja, thank you again for taking the time to come on our show today. Super gladly. And thank you so much for chatting with me. And yeah, lots of good perspective that we shared today. I think that made me also think a bit more about this whole daily habit, weekly habit and our commitments that we make to ourselves. So thank you for that. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye everyone. Thank you.